Heroes of the Realms. Welcome back to part two of the Origins Extravaganza episode. In this episode, we're going to have Tim, Chris, and even a special appearance by Tim's wife, Corey, who will give some game reviews and some musings on what happened every day at Origins. Of particular interest is day two, the Friday reports result, which is really interesting because we have a slightly inebriated Agency 13 and Double Dubs talking about their fun times at the event after attending the community event of Wise Wizards. So that should be pretty fun. Hope you all enjoy it. And without further delay, let's jump right into it. Hello, this is Tim, Agency 13. I just got back to my Airbnb after the first full day at Origins. Uh, that would be Thursday for me. So my wife and I did a playtest of Robot Quest Arena, and I was really impressed by that game. I'm going to talk to her in a little bit about our thoughts on that game, but I'll do a, uh, a recap of the first day of Origins. So uh, we started off doing that play test. Uh, when that was done, uh, we ran into some friends, uh, Silent Al and uh, his girlfriend. And we, I talked with Matt the Cutter and Dusto, uh, who were around the Wise Wizard area for a while. And walked around the dealer hall for a while, looked at stuff. There wasn't, uh, at least for me, a whole lot that I wanted to see or try out in the dealer area as far as game demos or any of that. Um, Wise Wizard has a booth there as well. Uh, I saw Rob and Debbie there, and actually a little later in the day talked with uh, Debbie for a little bit, and had lunch with uh, Silent Al and Agent Seto, who's Ian Teague, who's a two-time Hero Realms legend. Uh, and we talked about... Hero Realms and Star Realms, because we all love those games. And uh, Agent Seto was not in the beta version of the app. I remember him playing in the alpha version, but but he didn't play in the beta. And he started playing since release and has really started playing a number of games there. And we talked about game balance and stuff we'd like to see. A lot of that was covered in... The last episode of the podcast, not the last episode, the one before last, where uh, Matt and I talked about what we would like to see happen with the game before release, and then they announced that the game was going to be released, and it was pretty much the same version as what we were playing before, um, which is a nice polished version of the game. It just was not uh, quite what I think some of us had hoped, so while still a very polished and very well put together game, some of the features that we hope to see aren't in it yet, but I know wise wizard is working on that. So, uh, that will be good when we see all of that happen. But then after lunch, uh, so a couple things, uh, when talking with Debbie, they're doing the community 
uh, get together on Friday night, and they're actually they have a suite at uh, one of the hotels nearby, and they're opening that up and getting all the members of the community that want to come that they can come hang out and see, you know, the people that work for Wise Wizard, talk with them, talk with all the other people in the community of all their games, not just Star Realms, not just Hero Realms or Epic, all of them for everybody, which is really cool. Not not every company does stuff like that. So it's really neat to have that that sort of event to take part in. So and I know a lot of the Hero Realms people are planning on being there. So I'm really looking forward to that. But she also talked about uh, uh, Rob was meeting with like some game designers and press and all of that throughout the day. And they had found a couple of games that they thought that they liked the design of that he met with that they hadn't like signed on paper and done all the legal stuff, but it kind of said, yeah, we'll put this game out so we can, there's no details on that yet because, you know, nothing's official yet or anything, but uh, we can look forward to some new stuff from wise wizard uh, coming out from them that they're partnering with the the designers like they've done with Kapow or Robot Quest Arena or Sorcerer that they've put out, but that weren't designed by Robert Darwin. So uh, one of the things I want to do then here to kind of wrap this up is talk about Robot Quest Arena. So here I have my wife, Corey. None of you have ever seen her, talked to her, or or known her or anything unless you've you've been at origins this year or last last year she was there for part of it with me so some of you might know her but uh most of you don't <laughs> um she's not as big of a board gamer as me but she humors me by playing the games and she does enjoy them and has some fun and when we demoed the robot quest arena this morning uh, I really enjoyed it, and I kind of wanted to get her viewpoints as somebody that's not as much of a board gamer as I am. Corey, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hi. I would say that I'm very much a social gamer. Um, I do it for the interaction with other people um, and getting to be minimally competitive. Uh, I like deck builders, and I like games that are cooperative, that we're all working together to the same thing. Um, And maybe that's in part because Tim here is a very avid gamer and beats my butt in games all the time. Okay, well, thanks for introducing yourself. Um, What were some of the things that stood out to you about uh, Robot Quest Arena? So I thought that the minis were really cute. There's four little robot characters that we can choose from that all have different um, special abilities, which is always fun, as long as you remember to use the special abilities. Um, So Mm -hmm. I liked um, the the look of the game. And also, um, I appreciated, it was a little bit different, that the energy and the movement um, came from the same... uh, Same pool? Cool. Yeah, I was like, there's a word for that, um, which definitely made decision making like, are you going to go for the movement to go be able to attack other robots or are you going to um, choose to buy cards 
uh, to better your deck. So it definitely changed the way that we approached the game. Um, so let me explain a little bit because some of you may have no idea what this game is about. Uh, Robot Quest Arena is a deck building game with a miniature like combat element to it, like uh, more of like a tactical combat, not a big army combat sort of thing. So, um, and very much a deck builder. You're buying cards. That's how you do stuff. The the deck that you build, much like in Hero Realms is what you use to attack your opponents, to buy the cards, all of that. So it's got that deck building deck building element to it. But there's also a square grid that you play on, and there's starting areas where your minis start, and then you move around, and there's some special spots around the board, and uh, instead of gold and damage, there's energy, and energy... You can spend one energy to move a square, or you can use it to buy the cards. They both use that that same pool, that same mechanic element of the game to to do the various parts of it. So it I, that was one thing that stood out to me too was that it was uh, it was really interesting that you had to make that choice, much like in Hero Realms, where your pool for your gold is how you use your 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 skill that your character class has. Um, you you can buy cards from the market, or you can use your skill with that two gold in heroes. Well, it's a little bit different because you can move as much as you, you could move six spaces if you want. So you can spend six gold, you know, six energy on moving. And when you move, that can you can move other robots a space and do damage to them and that sort of thing. Uh, it's also really neat that there's ranged and like melee attacks. So like you can attack from further away or closer up and all of that. Um, I did like that. One other thing I want to say is that the, the minis, there's four, I believe that come with the base game, but I know if you kickstarted it, there's, there's one that's a Kickstarter exclusive, I believe. And another one or two that you can buy like as an add on to the game later on so it wouldn't always have to be the same four robots that you use there would be some variety if you bought those expansions but with the base game i believe it is four so uh so that shared pool of energy for buying and moving is a really cool mechanic i thought with the game that that makes for some really interesting decisions when you play uh what are some other things that you thought were interesting or fun about the game one thing that I remember us talking about was to finish the game, to end the game. Because um, you can respawn your character if you get destroyed by another robot. Um, and you start, most of the characters start with five um, cubes of health. Um, and when you lose your fifth cube, you get pulled off the game board, but there's no consequence. Like you don't have to start with fewer cards the next time, or you don't have to start with less health. Um, but when the, the last cube of the blue color is drawn, um, those cubes are also how you gain victory points to um, score at the end of the game. Um, you can get those by um, injuring or damaging another um, robot, or from some of the mechanics of the cards. Um, but when the blue ones, which is always the last cube of your health, when those run out, the game is over. So 
So, so that's that's what decides when the game ends. That's the end game condition. Is basically there's so many of those blue cubes, and so depending on your starting health, because not every robot's the same, but three of the four in the starter thing had five health, and those what were what the three of us that were demoing it were playing with. And so you'd have like four red cubes and a blue cube. When you damage that other robot, you basically take that cube of their health and you put it in your victory point pool, and then that last one's worth two points and that's blue. So they count for double when you knock an opponent out basically. And I don't remember how many of those blue cubes there were. I want to say like 10 or 12 or so. You had five. I had two. Um, there were probably about 12 to 14. I would Yes. Yeah, so, somewhere around there. So uh, that's kind of the, the, the game pace sort of timer is the, the end condition is when you, when somebody goes to respawn and there's no more of those blue cubes, the game ends. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was a neat, neat game design right there. That that it wasn't well. The first person did this many victory points, or you played this many rounds. It's just when enough people have res- and it could it could have been the same person that respawned every time and nobody else got knocked out. But once you run out of those cubes, it's done. So it's not like. Once you get knocked out four times, you're done. It's like, no, you just keep playing the whole time. So you can even have fun, even if you're getting, like, beat up on by everybody else, you know. Um, that that was a cool mechanic as well. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and as somebody who got knocked out a bunch of times, it was nice to not have any penalties uh, for that. So it, it was interesting because there were three of us demoing. There was there was another guy I do not remember his name, but he was from Indianapolis. Brian. Brian was his name. Um, and my wife Corey and I were playing, and we all picked like a slightly different strategy. Um, my wife went with a uh, "I'm going to damage you early" aggro strategy, and she focused more on doing damage quickly and trying to get through that. Uh, Brian, the other guy, he went for a longer economy, early game, buy the cards, stay away from the other players a little bit, not really try to interact with them too much, almost like Euro-style type of game like you would in a Euro game. I went for kind of a mix where I, I did some of the damage and that sort of stuff early on, but I tried to get some early economy, which I then translated really quickly into like bigger damage cards in the game with some cool effects. And it was interesting how the three strategies played out. It was, it was a close game in all ways. I think between like the winner and the lowest, you know, loser of the pack or whatever, it was like 10 or 12 victory points difference. It wasn't a huge difference in the strategies but it was interesting to see it was and so we were all in like this range of it and none of us had played it before or anything but it was cool that like you can do some different strategies but you're gonna have to depending on how many people you're playing against and their strategies you may have to play a little faster than you would prefer or a little slower and and find that balance so i think there's a lot of replayability with it because of that and i think about when we get it from the kickstarter um, being able to play it with our kids who are 
9 and 12, like it's simple enough that they'll be able to engage with it and have fun. And they loved that TV show of the robots that like beat each other up. I don't remember what it was called. Battlebots? Yes. And so it's <laughs> along those same lines, but in a board game. It really is like a Battlebots the board game almost. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was thinking of the whole time. I just couldn't remember the name of the show. Um, <laughs> you, you know, when I kickstarted it, I was thinking, oh, yeah, this is kind of like it really is. But I'd forgotten because we hadn't watched it in a while. Yeah. So I think that the gameplay is simple enough that they'll be able to catch on. It's fun because you can go, you know, robot game, beat up your sister or your dad or your mom. And um, yeah, I think it'll be a really great family game. I, I think so, too. And it's very much like when we interviewed Darwin on the podcast, uh, we talked about, he had talked about when they designed Epic, they designed the game that they would like to play. This is this real in- intricate magic type of game. And Star Realms was a bigger hit. And then Hero Realms be- also because of it, because it was a little more simple that you keep that that elegant, simple design that's easy to learn, but there's lots of levels and and if you, you can play, you can learn to play it, but to learn to master it is much harder. So I think this will be kind of similar, and and it's very much the deck building part feels like a Star Realms or Hero Realms type game, but the added miniature fighting tactical game is really cool. I I come from like. Some collectible collectible card game type stuff background, and also like miniature wargaming stuff is a lot of my backgrounds before I got into the Wise Wizard game. So like this is a good like combination of the two, and I've always what my favorite game is Clank, uh, which is a deck builder plus like dungeon crawl in it, and and this has a similar sort of feel. It's a different. The deck building part's kind of the same, but the other part of the game is different. But it has that sort of feel where the deck building is an intricate part of the game. It's not just like a side thing where you kind of build this deck and you barely get through it. You're shuffling and you're playing those cards every turn. Lots of fun. And then you're doing other stuff besides just playing that deck. So it's a really neat... And the minis are... They looked super... The minis are super cute. The artwork on the cards, it's real like cartoonish, but like it fits with the game really well. And I, I really like the design. The backs of the cards are like a little like circuit board type design with a the cool Robot Quest Arena logo on it. Like I think it's a really cool game design. The art for it fits with the game. It just feels like a really fun game would be very family friendly but also if you're just with and by family friendly I mean also with kids and that sort of thing that are younger but also you can play it as a group of four adults and have plenty of fun with it too it wouldn't it's not like it's just a kids game it's not you know shoots and ladders or something this is something you can play with kids they would have a lot of fun but you can play with adults and it's going to be a different type of game like the strategy is going to be a little deeper and everything in it and so Something I'm really looking forward to, and I cannot wait until we get our uh, Kickstarter version in the mail. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, I would definitely be looking forward to 
when Wise Wizard announces that, you know, it will be at retail and all of that. It's something I would highly recommend. I, I really enjoyed that game. And playing that demo was kind of the highlight of my first day, really. So uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts on the game, Corey, and for introducing yourself to the podcast listeners. Um, going to do the best I can here from Origins, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy, like, these daily updates. and. And I will uh, let you guys know how stuff goes tomorrow. And I should have double dubs with me there. So thank you very much. Hello, this is Tim, Agency 13 McKenzie. This is Friday evening at Origins. Uh, last night, Chris Double Dubs Wahlberg joined me Woo-woo. at the Airbnb. Say hello, Chris. Hey, hey, everybody. Happy to be in Columbus, Ohio for Origins Game Fair. Having a great time out here. And uh, today we're going to do a, a quick recap and some fun stuff of what happened today. So... Uh, but today at Origins, played in the Star Realms Qualifier, played some uh, Hero Realms uh, physical games, uh, had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, one of the fun things today is I got to start to demo a game with uh, Larry uh, Horgel. I cannot pronounce his last name. We're going to go with... But- Baguki. Baguki. We're really sorry, Horgal, if we said that wrong. <laughs> I can't have butchered it any worse than uh, Adam Charbonneau's last name. So That sounded pretty good. Um, anyway, he uh, was demoing a new game called Thieves Guild. And I know Double Dubs played it earlier, and then Silent Al and I played it a little bit. And I had to leave early before I got to finish for uh, some interview time with uh, Rob. But from what I got to play of that, that game, I really liked it. It was a nice deck building, worker placements, a little bit of a tableau building, bidding thing. But the way they hid the mechanics for some of that was really cool. Yeah, I got to do a full game of it, so we made it through. Um, it was probably around an hour that it took to play, but there's some learning curve in there. Um, I like the the flavor of it. You were like running this thieves guild, and you had thugs that you would place in different areas, and you would try to influence officials. And you're trying to get victory points. Again, you're like building a deck, um, drawing cards. You had a hideout that you could upgrade. So I started with a decrepit shed, and it became just like a regular shed. Uh-huh. And I think there's a third and fourth level. And there's four levels, yep. Yep, and then so you're, it just gets more powerful abilities as you go through. So I think this game, uh, it looks exciting, and it's going to be a ways out, though, for folks who may be interested. It was a super game. early demo that they had, just like the one prototype of there. Um but it was really cool. I, I liked the mechanic. It had a really cool mechanic that the, the most similar thing that I've done is like the curses in Dominion were similar. Uh, yep. Where you could you could 
upgrade in it and it put cards in the opponent's decks but instead of being a curse that hurts your opponent it actually like helped you out and it put it in all your opponent's decks so like that was a really cool mechanic the curse and dominion is probably the closest thing i can think of no i think that's a good equivalent and then of course um there's like a way that you can so your opponent they they pick this thing that kind of bogs down your deck and so it's cursed um, but rather than being negative victory points, when you draw the card that your opponent has cursed you with, uh, the person who did the curse gets a coin. So it kind of helps them build resources. So, so it helps their resources. It slows your deck down a little bit. It's a really cool mechanic that I haven't seen a lot in other games. Yeah. Um, but I liked... I mean, it was a super early prototype, so there wasn't a lot... Of, like, the art and stuff wasn't there yet. But, like, the mechanics of the game were pretty solid. It looked pretty fun to me. At about an hour in length, to me, that's a really cool, like, game length. Like, half hour to an hour is most of what the games I play anymore. And I think, so once we got to know this one, the turns really flowed quickly. Mm -hmm. It was, like, kind of front-loaded where the time was spent. But then I could see that once you're familiar with it, you could definitely go from like this early maybe game. forty five minutes. Yeah, half an hour yeah. to forty five, and maybe even you know Horgo would disagree and think he could run it even faster yeah. once you're familiar. I'm sure it depends on the player count. He was saying that like three or four is probably the ideal player count, but I think oh. it's designed for two to five. Okay. So so uh, I think with some of like the the tactics of like. Bidding and placing your workers, I think three would probably be a sweet yeah. spot for the game. Three or because four. there's that extra... Yeah, you want it to be more multiplayer than PvP. But again, these are all just initial impressions. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, we both did that at different times, but we both did that. Uh, did you do anything else fun today, Chris? Yeah, so I'll segue -wise. Into a different game that I believe Horgle worked on that I played for the first time today, which was Kapow. I haven't played that yet, and I'm going to play it tomorrow. Yeah. So I'll give my thoughts, but I would, I've would i heard really good stuff about Kapow. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, the quick version of it is that it's a dice rolling game where you play a superhero against a villain. Um, and so the dice are actually modifiable of the different faces that are on them. And then depending on what you roll, you can place them in different areas on your like player card to activate different abilities. So there's like an attack and a defense and then a power-up column. And yeah, it was just like interactive and fun and a kind of game that I hadn't played before. Like the idea that you could modify your dice um, and was it's, new to me. And it's pretty quick too, right? Absolutely, yeah. I was like a total noob, and I think my game was done in under 15 minutes, probably. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely check that one out. That one, much more attainable <laughs> than, than Thieves Guild. I, I, know you, you, I know that they've already released like an initial Kickstarter on that, and then uh, Wise Wizard has done the Kickstarter, because like, Larry and... Uh, the other designers did their own Kickstarter, he was telling me, and maybe released like a thousand copies or so of it. Okay. And then Wise Wizard is doing, did the Kickstarter, and it's it's like 10,000 or so, plus whatever nice. inventory they had left. So, uh, definitely coming up. I know that Wise Wizard has talked about it on their, their weekly Wise Wizard stream. Absolutely. That sort of stuff. The art in this game is really cool. It's like a comic book type theme. Works really well. 
Uh, I haven't played it, so I don't know the mechanics, but I've heard from a lot of players that it's a it lot of It was a hit in the area. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. It's a good one. I have heard that like there may be some uh, theme reskinning with some other IPs, but I can't give too much stuff oh. away. But like there's a li- there's a little right. secret that uh, some stuff to come <laughs> with that game. So cool. among other things, but also today Wise Wizard did their community get together, and they had people from Star Realms, Hero Realms, Epic, all their games get together at their suite in the Hilton. And just had everybody together, showed off some of the new stuff. They had, like, the uh, Star Realms foil set that they put out on Kickstarter. And the Rise of Empire Kickstarter that's coming this summer, they had a nice prototype. three games. Did you play play any of that? I didn't, but I watched it. Um, Yeah, it looked pretty cool. I'm I'm not as familiar with Star Realms as some people may know, but um, some really interesting mechanics in there as far as... um, how you acquire things and it, it changes throughout. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a lot of the cards in that one have a when you acquire effect. Yeah. And instead of the normal four Star Realms factions, one of the player is like Star Empire, one is Trade Federation, and then there's like three or four other factions. Okay. And they're new colors. And let me tell you, <laughs> the art and the colors on these cards. I've seen them on the Wise Wizard stream, and I was like, okay, that looks cool. Seeing them in person looks so good. (laughs) And I was talking with Rob, and he was saying that for each of the factions, they had a different artist like do all the art for that faction. So all four of the factions have a different artist. So there's this distinct archetype in each of the factions that's by the one artist. So it looks cool. The Scouts and Vipers. And the Explorers. There was something cool I wanted to point out Full about Full art. Um, I believe, so this, like in lore, takes place earlier on. It, it's a prequel, yes. And so you can pick that up in the art for the Scout and the okay. Explorer and the Viper. They made it like, it just looks like... The like an earlier version? Exactly. So, you know, a bunch of really cool stuff like that. Nice job on the product. Um, definitely helped build a lot of hype for it. Oh, with with uh, a lot of the Star I didn't play it tonight. Um, I spent a lot of time talking with Joel. Yeah. Who's uh, the game designer, one of the game developers for Hero Realms, and a lot of the digital team in general, not just for Hero Realms. But uh, from everybody that I talked to about Rise of Empires, it looks really good. Uh it looked beautiful to me. Yeah. And and they had like the ultimate replay uh, expansion thing. So instead of putting your stickers on the cards, you could just pick the cards out and you could replay this as many times as you wanted so without putting stickers game. on it. It's a legacy game, but they had they would have like a little pack that you can add on to it that instead of putting stickers on the cards and that sort of stuff, you just replace the card with a different card. And they have all those versions with the with the art layout and everything like that. I love that idea. I know so many people, myself included, who are like reluctant to play legacy games because you don't want to like tear up your cards or put stickers on them and all that. I felt that way. <laughs> and I've played a couple of really fun legacy games. Uh, I pl- Most people have played that have played legacy games have played Pandemic Legacy. Yep. I've played through most of that. 
I started Clank Legacy, which is a deck builder and dungeon crawler, and that is one of my favorite games. The Clank Legacy is amazing. Okay. But uh, this looks really good. From everybody that I was talking to, the mechanics and some of the differences from normal Star Realms is good, and just the art and everything, it looks really cool. But I got some time to talk to Rob and Debbie and Joel and the folks at Wise Wizard. And I'm sure Chris did, too. Um, and we got some cool stuff to talk about about that. So uh, with with the release that just happened for the, the retail release of uh, Hero Realms, kind of talked to him about that. One of the cool things is a lot of players started playing through all the stuff. You're getting real-time games quicker. Uh the just player pool is a lot bigger right now since they released it. So that's really cool for a lot of people. Um, talked with Joel, and there's some really cool stuff with the app that's that could be coming up or might not. Like, they have some really interesting ideas. One of the things, I don't know if he told you, uh, Chris, that the engine for the game yeah. has the possibility of... And this is, this could totally change because it depends on legal stuff and IP and all of this. But he talked about the possibility to actually mod the game oh. be, being built into the engine. So, like, if you know, I think it was Lua code language, mm. you could make your own mods for the game. So, players have talked about like oh i think the game balance needs like xyz yes so say we want to take the unending quiver that we talked about on the podcast or in the discord and we want to make it instead of draw one take an arrow from your discard to draw one or take two arrows from your discard and you make that choice you could code that into the mod wow and make that a thing or you could make like your own uh scenarios scenarios and that sort of stuff um the issue that joel was saying was that depending on how that goes like especially with ip related things it may be a little tough to work all that out but the possibility is there and i was i was really floored by this idea yeah i think we all know how awesome of a game engine just like realms is in general Mm -hmm. so when you open that up to the creativity that this community has already shown with things like just tavern brawl and highlander and survivor like just imagine what this community could do if the game was moddable you know so and and maybe it's not gonna be as widely moddable as like say minecraft or something like that skyrim those sorts of things where you can do all kinds of stuff but maybe they have some limitations on it, but they say, hey, you can do a little bit here or there, so you can you can do these sorts of things that would make it so that this event is possible or that a tournament is possible, that sort of stuff. Uh, really opens up a lot of possibilities, I think. Um, I think we should just bob in quick, though, and say that like this is all pretty speculative and like far down the pipeline, nothing can... It's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. This is just like a cool thing that is maybe a possibility. He said that the game engine that the game operates on, that's a possibility. Cool. And he said that, you know, legal reasons, IP reasons, 
and may not ever happen. But uh, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Another highlight for me was getting to play Sorcerer. Um, another Wise Wizard game that, you know... People are probably familiar with. I thought this game was really cool as well. Um, you, if anyone's familiar with like the Smash 'em Up game, where you have the different three different sets of decks that you kind of combine one from each. So there's like nine total, and you take three to make a deck. So you kind of like create this wizard by f- forming your three piles, and then mm-hmm. there's three different battlegrounds, and you summon minions to the battlegrounds, and you cast spells. Um, I had, like, spiders. My opponent had vampires. I also had, like, I think some mummies and stuff like that. So flavor-wise, art-wise, it was all 10 out of 10, super awesome. It was a little bit on the long side, and I think even if you know the game well, I think it could go long. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like we we slogged it out, and, you know, we probably only had, like, six or seven turns total. And I could see a game like this, if you knew what was happening, going long, you know? So, but but you enjoyed that as well. Just a little long, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that, like, uh, as I, if you were to play it more and get familiar with it, a little the, quicker. Yeah, and the the length wouldn't be as much of an issue, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I was like having a hard time putting it, if, not knowing exactly how things are working for an extended period of time can make it feel longer, I guess, but. And, and, and this is more than just 1v1 for Sorcerer, right? You can do more people? Yeah, that's my understanding is there's other game modes. I played 1v1. Okay. Um, I can only imagine. I mean, maybe they have mechanics to make multiplayer a similar game length or something. Uh-huh. My intuition is that more players would be longer game length, but okay. maybe that's not necessarily the case. So we talked with Rob earlier, talked with Joel at the community get together, talked with Debbie and some of the wise wizard folks. Um, I know some of the things coming in the pipeline for, uh, hero realms, Rob kind of spoiled, uh, moving the level cap up a little bit, add in like the Kickstarter promos, ancestry coming, uh, Probably both of those in the next like six months or a year or so. I, he didn't give a timeline on that, but those are the first couple of expansions coming for Hero Realms, as far as he said. Uh, Joel was talking about uh, some of the stuff that would be happening. Like they they put the game out in time to get it going for Origins. Yep. Kind of thinking, hey, if we can promote it at Origins, get people playing by the time Gen Con comes around. The player base is going to be getting bigger. We'll draw more people in with Gen Con. And then, like, just starting to get that player base building from... Momentum. Beyond the beta player base. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've noticed is just, like, games are way quicker to get right now. Real time, 48 hour, doesn't matter. I've gotten games way quicker over this past week. And and some of that's going to be just people are, like... New, shiny, I want to play this. Mm-hmm. And there's more people like that. But even the people that have been playing a while are still playing, too. So, uh, and, and basically, the retail build is pretty similar to the... Uh, maybe even exactly similar to the last beta build. Um, I know that like some of the stuff community members have talked about... They know that we want this stuff... Joel is a huge fan of the Realms games. Mm-hmm. 
knows that like we want to track some stats we want to do this we want to do you know like have these options to uh play vanilla or uh re-roll a character or that sort of stuff friends list friends list all of that he knows the 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 design team and digital team knows this stuff they're working on it yeah. uh, it will come eventually uh the the way to use gems to purchase uh-huh. you know character slots or uh respects those were things that we talked about and again nothing definite but like these are all stuff that's on the table with with the game and i just see a lot of possibilities opening up as they add this i think the balance is going to be especially once they add ancestry balance is going to be really hard that like just i'm just thinking we have five character Mm -hmm. classes we have 12 levels we have three different like tree options twice Mm -hmm. for each of those and there may not be a huge difference between I take this tree option and I take that tree option but it's going to be enough that there's a lot of possibilities for each class and then you add a new set with the Kickstarter promos you add Ancestry which adds races is going to make the balancing kind of crazy and even wanting the decks to be in relative power level to each other, that's something you're going for. But you also want the market deck to still matter. And yes. I feel like the more you throw that stuff in, the more you worry about the market deck um, and what comes out and the purchases you make for this deck building game that we love. Right. You know, it, it, there's like this relationship that the more your deck is pre-built before the game starts through these leveling choices you've made, mm-hmm. the kind of less potential there might be depending on class and how things go um, for the purchases you make. And that, you know, is something to keep in mind. I can't think off of the top of my head like some of the ancestry upgrades, but like you add races like the ogre or the dwarf or the small folk. Mm -hmm. The human is kind of the base stuff with how the game is. We're all humans. Now, we're all kind of base humans. (laughs) But they have elves, they have orcs, they have ogres, they have small folk, they have that that sort of stuff. Some of those combinations, like a small folk wizard, it's going to be super squishy, but has the power to like go off and combo and do like this amazing turn. Or your ogre fighter can just like smash you and has a million hit points, you know, sort of stuff. Um, some of those combinations, I'm sure. They're going to work on getting balanced. They did talk about uh, maybe before they release some of this stuff, having some community beta testers for it. Okay. Um, they did say that like the easiest way to handle this is through Steam rather than like iOS or Android, just because yeah. the way to handle like beta to regular build and that sort of stuff is going to matter. But they know that. They have people in the community that would love to do this stuff, and they know they have people that don't, and that's okay, but they can get some more beta testers, they can try the stuff out, they can release the stuff, they can look at the stats, because they can track so, so many stats with this. Super granular. They can um, get... I haven't seen the data that they look at, but some of that stuff. And I know, I talked with Joel, that like there's some of the bugs, like the 
the 48 hour games like timing out after 24 hours or I've just never, after I've never seen that happen people say that happens I don't know man is, is you play real? too quick <laughs> yeah, I guess. It, it is real I've seen it happen to my opponents and it's happened to me know. once or twice okay. that uh, I didn't play for a day and my game like kind of disappears and I look and it says incompatible version what mm-hmm. Joel was saying when he's looking at trying to replicate this thing he hasn't been able to purposely replicate it Oh. So he'll speed up the time in like his dev environment and make it happen faster and it doesn't happen. But I do know like even in regular games it doesn't always happen when you hit 24 hours. It's sometimes it happens. And there's something with like the version of the game. So every build has a different like core version of the game. And they track this. So like when they make this balance update or they do this release or whatever, they change the version number. Yep. Every time that that game times out just after the 24 hours, it reverts to version zero. Oh. So it's something that they know is happening, that they're working on, but it can be really hard to iron out the issue with this when they can't replicate it. And I I can tell you from somebody that troubleshoots in their day-to-day job. Sure. In a completely different field, but I troubleshoot stuff. If you can't replicate it, it's really hard to fix. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> As somebody that works in IT, that's a similar field. You probably know the same thing, right, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just think this is software engineering stuff. The big takeaway for me, for all the points that you brought up um, in speaking with some of the different Wise Wizard staff here at the convention so far, is two things. First, that it's awesome how available they make them themselves mm-hmm. and how much they engage with the community and stuff. So, like, big props to them on that. You know, we got to, like, really just like hang out for a few hours at the community get together tonight and they you know were totally available answered all sorts of questions so that's the first thing that is a big takeaway for me but the other thing is just that like all these issues that get chatted about in the discord like they know and they're working on it it's on their radar different things are on different timelines but um exciting things in the future so i think that's all awesome they they definitely know and they hear us on the Discord. They hear us in the Facebook group or yeah. in the like the Wise Wizard stream chat. They see all the comments and they know the stuff that we are concerned about. But they have heard us. Huzzah! <laughs> They're going to do their best. Not everything that we want is going to happen, but they are listening to us. And I find that really promising. So uh, I'm really glad for... What seems to be a pretty successful release so far, I know they definitely, they, I got some promo cards to give out from the podcast that, or this, or my stream or for community events. So, uh, look out for some of those coming up. Yeah, I got second place in the Highlander tournament, Tim. Is that good for anything? Um, quite possibly. (laughs) All right. Quite possibly. Um, uh, a couple of the things they got the the newer art Rayla card, the Captain Costca card, yep. were a couple that I got uh, a decent amount of number of. So if you are a community member that does not have these cards, we'll figure out a way to get some of these into your hands. So uh, two more days of Origins coming at you after this. Two more days of Origins. I will give some uh, tournament results on Star Realms 5K tomorrow. Ooh. 
And then the uh, Hero Realms 5K on Sunday. Let's go. We'll report back in then. Thank you very much. All right, heroes, that wraps up all of our content from the Origins Extravaganza episode. Really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Please remember to uh, take the time to like and review our podcast. Uh, Join the Discord if you haven't done so already. Uh, And also a few announcements. First, the Splintered Thandar event is coming up this Saturday, June 18th at Game King in Fall River, Massachusetts. Check the show notes for details on that. Also, Tavern Brawl Season 3 is going to be starting up soon. Check out the Discord for links on how to sign up, uh, how to play, the rules, and ask any questions. We have a lot of returning players, and hopefully we can get some new players to join up as well. Tavern Brawl Season 3 coming up. Uh, Also, our... Other community-run events, which are currently on pause due to the public release of the game, will be starting up soon. So please keep a lookout on the Discord channels for these events to be restarting up again soon. Okay, that wraps up our extravaganza episode. Everybody have a great week, and catch you next time. to the end of the show congratulations you're a nerd tune into the next episode of sparks and recreation for more on community events meta-analysis and everything hero realms check check checkity check 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 can you hear me matt because this is for you buddy <laughs> what up, i'm matt? i'm really kind of drunk here so edit this out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. We had some fun at the community event. <laughs>